Today, we speak up in defence of fossil fuels. Over the last seven or eight years, we've seen the oil price fall from over $100 a barrel to $25. It rallied to $75 and then it fell again. And this next decline, which lasted a couple of years or more, took it into negative territory. Minus $36 was the cost, by some counts, of a future barrel of oil at the height of the corona panic. Minus. A barrel of oil became not an asset but a liability and an expensive one at that. And since then, the price has rallied by over $100 to $85. Then, a fortnight or so ago, Omicron came along and the price fell by $20 in the blink of an eyelid, over 20%, 25%. All this volatility doesn't make planning ahead very easy. And even with all the money that's been printed, oil is still trading below where it was a decade ago. It's now half the price it was when it peaked in 2008. It's very hard to do business, to plan and invest, when the price of the underlying commodity you trade in is so variable. And that's before you get to those opposing what you are doing, some of whom are considerably more powerful than you. Fossil fuels have been the target of endless legislation, the ultimate goal of which is to stop human beings from using fossil fuels. From cancelled pipelines and permits to, oh, excuse me, it's very muddy, to higher taxes and pro problematic regulation. And while the fossil fuel industry is attacked and scapegoated, green energy, which in many cases is environmentally damaging, rendering the moniker green energy oxymoronic, is the recipient of enormous subsidies and grants, beneficial regulation and legislation and general good favour. And then there is the vilification. Just this week, campaigners gathered outside the Bank of England to demand restrictions on UK banks' investments in fossil fuels. And to read some of the propaganda in the anti-fossil fuel narrative, you would think that oil, coal and gas cause all of the woe in the world. In fact, the Extinction Rebellion narrative is that fossil fuels use will cause the end of the world. Why would anyone want to go and work in such a difficult industry when the cards are so stacked against you? I suppose there's the compensation, the pay. But while I don't doubt that many in the fossil fuel industry can make a lot of money, it pales next to what can be made in finance or tech these days, especially the latter. Gone are the days when the likes of Jean-Paul Getty and J.D. Rockefeller or T. Boone Pickens dominated rich lists. Today, I looked through the, the, the Forbes rich list, I could find just one actual fuel tycoon in the top 50 richest people in the world, India's Mukesh Ambani. ExxonMobil is the largest non-government-owned company in the energy industry. It supplies about 2% of the world's energy. Its market cap is around $250 billion dollars. A lot of money. But the likes of Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, they are eight to ten times more valuable. And yet, look at what fossil fuels have made possible. Billions of lives have improved because of them. So many people have been able to escape poverty thanks to the burning of hydrocarbons. I, I love, one of my habits, I love to look at photos and pictures of days gone by. I follow many social media accounts that share them. And it's easy to look at old pictures and go, oh, the world was better then. 
We might have lost a great deal in terms of family and community, I really think we have. But even so, for the large majority of the population, life has got longer, easier and better. The world is better now. Pretty much everybody, except in the most war-blighted nations, enjoys a higher standard of, li of living than they ever have. Even in the grimmest council estates here in the UK, there is a standard of living that Marie Antoinette could, couldn't have even imagined. We can all have cake, and not only that, it's often ready-made. A hundred years ago, people in the UK were cold all through winter. They were hungry. Even my dad talked about growing up in the 30s and 40s and being cold and hungry. For the most part, constantly, and for the most part in the UK, most of those exhausting and relentless difficulties have gone. From heating the cold to cooling the hot. From machines replacing drudgery um, to plentiful food, boundless information. From clothing to travel to communication, fossil fuels have made lives better and they can continue to do so if allowed. Now, in many ways, we're less free than we were a hundred years ago, what with ever-increasing regulation, taxation, state control. But at the same time, we are more liberated than ever because of the possibilities travel and technology have given to us. We have fossil fuels and the cheap, reliable and abundant energy they have provided to thank for all of this. Now, it's important to practice Gratitude. Pretty much every belief system worth its salt is agreed on this. So let us show gratitude to fossil fuels. The plane is flying over my head because of fossil fuel. And what's more, as we humans have evolved, we've found better and better ways to consume fossil fuels, to produce and, and, and consume them more cleanly and efficiently. Our cities are a far cry from the smog and coal smoke and the dust of diesel that once made the air so unbreathable. And for all that has happened, 84% of the world's energy still comes from burning fossil fuels. Of the three main elements to energy consumption, heating, transport and electricity, the, the latter relies least on fossil fuels, electricity. But even there, fossil fuels account for 63% of worldwide electricity consumption. In 1990, the number was 62%. So on a proportional basis, green initiatives have had little effect. On actual numbers they have, of course, because we're consuming much more electricity than we did then. The world needs more energy, not less, lots of it. Part of progress is that we consume more energy and we consume it better. Imagine if we were still dependent on whale blubber. We've got better at consuming energy. And as developing economies grow, they will require vast amounts of low-cost, reliable energy too. Why undermine it? The bottom line is that we're still hugely dependent on fossil fuels. You may not see the fossil fuel being consumed because you're in an electric vehicle or in your house, but the ultimate source of so much of what we have in our lives is more than not that fossil fuel gets burnt somewhere. And rather than attack and hamstring the industry, surely the approach is to nurture this precious gift of nature. Let us produce it better and in a less damaging way. Better to do this to ourselves while we have it than outsource our dependency on fossil fuels to other less environmentally conscious parts of the world. 
But if we continue as we are, the price of fossil fuels, oil especially, is only going to go one way, and it's going to make the world a far more difficult and expensive place, especially for the poor. As ever, it is they that get hit hardest by misguided government policy, no matter how well intended. I've been banging the drum for higher oil prices for many years and I see no reason to change that tune with a three or five year perspective in mind. Shorter term, you never know. But cheaper oil would mean either economic stagnation or recession, not a good thing, but it could also mean that we have become better at producing it. And that would surely be a good thing, no, for everyone, especially those less well off than ourselves. Um, thank you very much for watching. I'll be back with another video very soon. Uh, in the meantime, please subscribe to the channel and cheerio!